In March 2021, Fundraising Everywhere hosted the Fundraising Strategy Virtual Summit. We ran it in partnership with Richard's Fed, who you might know from Third Sector Mission Control, or you certainly know as a bit of a legend on fundraising Twitter. One of the most popular sessions at the conference was titled Strategy is a Feeling, delivered by Chloe Amstein, a consultant who has worked for charities such as WaterAid, British Red Cross, Teenage Cancer Trust, and Bernardo's. Now, the word strategy is notoriously hard to define. In the session, Chloe shared her personal journey in trying to find a decent definition. It was a journey that brought her right back round to where she started, to a more human, heart-led place. After the session, Chloe took questions from the audience and chatted to our host, Naduk D'Souza, a nonprofit leader and advocate who founded Impact with Intention. Listen into that conversation now, or buy the full session or full conference for instant access using the link in the description. Or become a Fundraising Everywhere member and get access to all of our conferences, sessions, and bonus members-only sessions. When you feel it, you know it, right? So the next time you see a great idea, you have a great idea, and you know your audience feels something about it, go for it and do it. Oh my gosh, Chloe, goosebumps, as Richard was saying. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at these, look at, look at the comments, right? Look at what they're, po- what everyone's posting um, as to the feeling, excitement, victorious, joy, love. Wow. Wow. It's really beautiful. Words. Absolutely amazing, amazing um, connection, right? Um, and really thinking about how your strategy does make you feel. I, you know, I, I think, I I don't think many people actually give time for that. And so this was really, really powerful. Um, Thank you for sharing. I wanted to, I wanted to start, there there were quite a few questions, um, but I wanted to start about the concept of how you create that feeling inside the charity Mm. connect with supporters but then also thinking about culture right um i think that was combination of katie and 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 sima's question but how does that all sort of tie in together it's it's a big question so (laughs) yeah i think i suppose the, the the kind of problem that most fundraisers find themselves in is we're very distant from our audience or from our supporters. Um, And so we're not exposed enough really to how people are feeling and how our supporters are feeling or our potential supporters are feeling. Um, And that of course means that we become disconnected from those emotions too. Um, And in fact, you know, I mean, lots of charities now throughout the whole kind of planning process of thinking about getting a campaign activity in the door, from the start, sometimes don't talk about audience and end of campaign reviews. We don't talk about how audiences are feeling. So it's about really how can you think about embedding audience at every single stage of that campaign journey that you're going through. And there's some really simple things that you can do, actually, probably things that um, kind of levers that you can pull that um, that already exist within your charity. So one thing that's always struck me is how you know you've often got supporter services, 
And sometimes fundraising can feel really disconnected from sorts of services. But you speak to anyone in there, so and they know exactly yeah. how their supporters are feeling, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. What they love, they know what they're getting pissed off about. Um, and yet often... And what they're excited about, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And what they want more of. And really granular. So that's what amazing about sports. So they go really granular. They'll literally go, this sentence on this direct mail appeal, this pissed them off. And so often that kind of insight is, if you're lucky, it goes into the appendix of your end of campaign report. And we kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we move on, don't we? <laughs> so that kind of, that, those kind of um, avenues, I suppose, to supporters uh, are already there. But we need to open our eyes a bit more to the fact that they're, they're at our fingertips. Um, and another thing that I do a lot with clients is think about, um, you know, speaking to supporters. So a lot of today we talked about thankathons is a brilliant way. Use that as an opportunity to ask people how they feel about yeah, their career. Yeah. Probably already asked them, like, why did you connect to this? You know, what was it that drove yeah. you to give? And see if you can start, you know, capturing some of that those feelings and those emotions and share back amongst all the colleagues about, you know, yeah. what did you find to kind of gather that insight. So there's some really simple things that you can do to start embedding, um, embedding that culture. Yeah. And I think the other thing is around making it okay to talk about feelings, you know, um, and I think perhaps a lot of women in the sector, you know, we should be, down we're saying actually we're going to talk about how people feel and that's okay we're not going to you know kind of wash wash over it or paper over it we know that strategy is a feeling because giving is a feeling and that's something that we're going to put front and center but what I've noticed actually when supporters sorry when staff fundraisers feel more connected to audiences they are more excited to mm -hmm. be a fundraiser you know, yeah. they get all those amazing, lovely, yeah. excited, determined feelings because they can also see the impact that they're having and the value they're delivering. For their it's support. the impact and the interaction, I think, right? Because when you start yeah. to hear back from your supporters, you, you you start to build that that dialogue, right? And I think it was Katie and Leslie's session earlier this morning where a lot of it was just about starting conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Start to have conversation with your donors as well, right? Not just within, not just everyone within the organization. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be a reoccurring theme, you know, at the moment is how do we improve our dialogue? I have a question. I want to, I want to unpack culture a little bit more mm -hmm. and, um, I, there was a question um, that came up around balancing um, diverse audiences. Yeah. And, and, and in some ways for me, right, like when, when I think about it, I, I wear a lens that is most definitely brown, right, that is from the global south. And, you know, very often as someone who is in fundraising and strategy, right, working with clients, it's a very interesting experience. So, how do you how how do you help clients yourself address mm -hmm. that diversity piece as well, and that yeah. and, and achieving that balance? I think it comes back. Mindset's a word being used a lot today. It comes back to mindset, and I think often, 
you know, clearly in the, all the people that give to charity, there are lots of different type of people that give. But often what we do as fundraisers is we start out with a place we're assuming there's going to be lots and lots of different ways that people feel. And so particularly big charities recently in the last five years have invested in very large segmentation pieces where you might have eight different segments. But the slight problem with that is you're starting out from a place going, everyone's in a very, very different place. They're all supporting for different reasons. And I actually think there's huge value in going, what are the commonalities? What connects all these people? Because actually, if you ever have the opportunity to go to focus groups and you've got different, you're speaking mm -hmm. different voices, what you'll often find is emotionally, when you ask people how they feel about the cause, I can't think, and I've worked with dozens of charities, big charities, small charities over the years, there's often one or two key emotions that come out. Um, so I think there's a huge amount of kind of more universal feelings out there than actually um, we tend to presume because, you know, there's very much this dialogue, isn't there, around wanting to personalise and wanting to tailor and segment. And what I normally advise clients is actually kind of find that big emotion first. You know, what is the biggest, most powerful emotion that's going to motivate people? And actually, if then if there are audiences that are important that you really want to reach, then think about, well, how do we kind of backfill and develop something very specific for them? So it's right. a sort of different way around than thinking like, right, we've got to tech develop eight different fundraising propositions right. and make it super complicated. Think about what's that one emotion that's that going to unite everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, try and keep try and keep everything simple. And then, and, and then would you say, Chloe, you know, this is also Rebecca just brought this up. You know, when you, when you think about having that one feeling, um, how do you actually then begin to also think about doing something that is a little bit more specific? So is it like, would you, would you advise um, with the work that you've done and you've seen in your experience, taking that universal common mm. element that ties everyone together but then begin the process of perhaps something a little bit more dynamic and tailored yeah i i mean i maybe it's just to share a piece of work that i'm doing at the moment i'm working with fair share which a lot of people in the uk will recognize was the big marcus fashion yeah. show last year in developing individual giving strategy for them and we've kind of ended up with having done 20 interviews with supporters and really listening to how they feel and how kind of someone going hungry makes them feel. We came up with two kind of emotions. Yeah. And now we're going back in, speaking to them again about the stories we've created around those to really kind of sense check. Actually, are we leaving anyone behind if we pick right. one of these? And similarly, we're going to do um, Facebook testing, live testing to see how both those actually work in reality. So, you know, this is like taking that kind of um, more subjective stuff, I suppose, and then really kind of quantifying what the impact is. And are there any audiences actually we're not quite connecting with yeah. in the right way? Um, but I'm very much all about like, how can you keep this simple as possible? Because fundraisers you know we are chronically busy aren't we and stretched across so many different competing priorities that I think yeah trying to keep one really big emotion is um you know is the easiest and simplest way to go 
you know, um, you just reminded me that, um, so I, I, I run, um, uh, I call them ideal donor avatar workshops, right? And I actually have a series of questions that I ask and two questions just sort of really uh, came up for me as you were just saying that. So the first question that I normally ask is what are three reasons that a donor should engage with you? Mm. Right. And then what are three reasons why they should not or why they would not? Ooh. And it's so interesting when you ask that question, everyone gets a bit bristly. Right. Yeah. And so when you because it, it, it really forces you to be intentional mm. right, with how you think about how they're feeling yeah. as you as you build out and you're having that conversation. And if you're doing that live conversation piece i think i saw Seema running off to go talk to some donors in the chat right you know that would be such a brilliant question to actually ask like what are three reasons why you should not you know be engaging with us tell yeah. us right because we don't know what we don't know right i think that is probably the most powerful question fundraising right now yeah because i think what we do as fundraisers we want to hear all the positive reasons, right, why people connect with our cause. Yeah. But what we've not been so good at addressing is why people don't give. Yeah. You know, ultimately we or are engage or even or engage. engage. Like yeah. They haven't even gotten to the stage of giving, right? Yeah. Like so if you look at something like the you know the overseas sector and overseas charities, one of the chronic problems there is people feel that sense of cynicism and a sense of futility that if I give my money it's going to go down that black hole now that is a feeling you know it's a, it's an intense yeah. doubt that people have about the difference their money is going to make so instantly there you've got a starting point for how then we can create mm -hmm. an emotional journey to take people to a sense where actually you know there is a resolution there is positivity in fact I think someone in one of the questions early asked how do you start talking to the fact that you know yeah. a resolution is possible and there is hopeful and there's all sorts of exciting creative levers actually that fundraisers are starting to use things like collective responsibility you know lots of people coming together that's your donors that's the staff that's the experts you've got the programs team all working together yeah. things like moving beyond a simple fix and saying yeah. actually our friends in policy and campaign they're working to, to solve systemic issues. Let's bring that in, that's the solution. And then it's also about showing the progress, yeah. um, defining how do we talk about impact? How do we show the impact? Exactly. Like, right? Not just when we write a thank you letter, on the long term, how do we show yeah. impact and how is that delivering on, yeah. that, on that feeling? So, yeah, huge amounts of opportunity there. I think so, right? And it's funny, Christopher just mentioned also in the chat, right? Like a lot of fundraisers are very fearful of actually talking mm. directly to donors, right? And and what's so interesting about it, I, I mentioned in my session, is that the most important factor for me has always been this idea of reciprocity, right? You can't just constantly ask people for money without engaging with them in a meaningful way, right? Yeah. And so it has to be a give and take. Otherwise, yeah. all you're doing is taking and to bring in a little bit of the woo, you know, the universe goes out of balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So that's a really interesting point. It's about where our attention are as is fundraisers, and it's really easy for your attention to all be on the appeal or the ask. Mm-hmm. But and we kind of go, oh, well, that's a supporter magazine. You know, sometimes it fits within our team, and we, and we, you know, it kind of just ticks along. Yeah. That is central because what you're doing is you're completing that emotional loop, and Absolutely. ultimately, supporter journeys are about a range of emotions that you're taking people on. They still need to go through that. You might remind them, actually, remember you feel angry about this? We'll do something yeah. about it. Exactly. But remember, there is hope. There is, pos- you know, there's a, yeah. there's there's a path, things. right? There's a path yeah. in our organization that will lead you there. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, so Leah actually asked a question very specifically around language that you would be use, you would use when talking to supporters to find out how they actually feel about a mailing and other material that actually inspired them to give. Mm. So when you're building out your questions, you heard what I would normally say is like, what are three reasons to engage and not to engage with content? What would that be for you? Yeah, I, it's a brilliant. It's a really good thing to do, actually, just to emphasize that is actually show people communications that you've developed. You will learn so, so much from that. I would like normally I would try to like take the key snippets. So you're obviously not going through big, long, long mm-hmm. appeals um, and read that out to people and say, what I would love you to do after this is just tell me the bits that stand out for you. Yeah. And there may be different reasons. Let's have an honest chat. There may be bits that you absolutely love, a little phrase, or there may be bits that are total stumbling blocks. And both are really important because they're all about how you create that emotion. And actually, that, for me, working with my clients, that is like the biggest eye-opener where you connect back all that creative work that you put the love and attention into back with showing supporters and seeing how they feel about it. And then you learn. And then that becomes a strategy because then you're learning about how to generate this feeling. Okay, we don't do that, but we do more of this. And what's really interesting is often it can be the tiniest of sentence that people love, that perhaps you as a fundraiser, you know, you're super busy and you put it together, you kind of overlook, but you realize that often the answer is already there. And yeah. that, is, that is amazing. Is yeah. This is not about like reinventing the wheel. Normally, there'll be like a little emotional hotspots over all the piece of creative work that you've already done, but you just don't know. So there's yeah. real gold to mine there. And in yeah. fact, taking some of those phrases and, you know, wrapping them back into your next content, yeah. turbocharge it and really, you know, increase, ultimately increase response and raise, raise more money. Um, so... You just reminded me of something, Chloe. So in, you know, some of the work that we do is we actually call it message mining, right? Um, where we go quite deep into in, into how our supporters are engaging on social content to begin to pull feedback and then also doing the interviews, right? Yeah. And so it's so funny because, um, you know, at the very first uh, session today, um Rodri was talking about, you know, what is the data we're collecting and what are we giving away, um, you know, as as donors and supporters. And, and, and there's that balance, right, of as a charity, what data do we need to help us inform and build proper strategy and, 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 and products, right? But then how much of that do we really need, right? How do we find mm-hmm. that balance? And while we're searching and... and mining (laughs) for the emotional words that connect 
where do we stop? Mm. Can I end there with that question? Yeah. <laughs> Chloe, yeah. how, how would you, where, where, where do we stop? Where do we draw the line? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, like the, the, the this interesting question of data versus kind of emotional, more attitudinal insight. Like, I don't think it's a question of either or. But the two, the two have to go hand in hand and work work together. Um, and to me, like the question of where where do we stop? Like, you don't, you know, you don't because that. I mean, ultimately, to me, I mean, I said yeah. I was a numbers geek. I'm like now. I'm all about the words. The spreadsheet. <laughs> and the, power, the power of the words, um, because you know that that is the value. So you can never stop learning about that. You just you just keep going, and I just think, yeah, there's probably loads of insight or like anecdotal evidence that you all have across your charities right now. But re what resonates? Mm -hmm. But it's just the question of how do we like put that. Yeah. Put that together because often I do that when I work with like individual giving teams are like oh we don't have any of that kind of emotional insight I'm like I bet you do I bet you do let's let's go and mine it yeah exactly <laughs> and it's funny don't be afraid for everyone listening and you know watching this later on don't be afraid of mining for that emotion in, con in, in, in your social channels and through your emails that you're receiving because that content is just gold, um, absolute gold.